Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rich Hills Golf Show podcast, everybody. Episode 222, all the twos. Yep. Um, something I didn't achieve last week. I didn't achieve a single two in my match against Sergio Garcia. But we'll come on to that. <laughs> we'll come on to that very, very soon. Uh, how are you, Guy? Are you well? Really well. Really, really well. You know why, Rick? This might be a golf podcast. Yes, it is. But I bloody love my football. Oh, I've God. always said that. Everyone knows that. I'm a Liverpool fan. Die hard. And uh, I'm yeah. sat here now with an extra trophy in the cabinet, the League Cup. We beat Chelsea 1-0, Virgil van Dijk header. Uh, that, enough about that, me. That Mickey Mouse trophy. Yeah, that Mickey Mouse trophy. and the, uh, the, the one that United were celebrating like crazy last year. Correct. And speaking of United, I believe you took your young family to watch Manchester United this weekend to make sure that they become hardcore United fans. Because obviously kids these days want to support Man City or Liverpool or even Arsenal, a successful team with promise and, and a, a positive future ahead. You took your children to Old Trafford, the Theatre of Dreams, it used to be called. Used to be... Still uh, is called well, Yeah, not really. Um, against Fulham, who obviously you're going to batter. That makes the kids become hardcore, lifelong fans. They love United, etc. And what happened? It, it didn't go to plan. No. It did not go to plan. Yeah, I've got this ongoing battle at the moment, certainly with my with my youngest child, Jude, my little boy. He's only five. He started to really show a lot of interest in football. And all of his mates support different teams, like from Man City, like you say, Liverpool, Real Madrid, Barcelona. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Any, from anywhere. And obviously, growing up, you'd typically follow the in your footsteps of your family, etc., who, who they support. So I've been really, really trying to work on Jude, making sure he does become a diehard United fan. I've bought him all the kits, as I have the girls. The girls, certainly Ivy, my eldest child, is just like, yep, yeah, she's United, through and through, done. Pleasing done, you, done she deal. wants to be part done of deal. it. Yeah. That, that's an easy one. Pearl, my middle child, she just loves to say she isn't a, a United fan just because it annoys me. She's much more in the camp of a friend at school's a Liverpool fan, so she's kind of supporting Liverpool a little yeah. bit, which just hurts me a lot. My little boy's been influenced by another young gentleman at school who's a Man City fan. So it's very difficult at the moment to try and get a young my son. Yeah. Who I, who I dreamt of all these years walking down Sir Matt Busby Way and getting into the theatre of dreams and having our season tickets as we sit there and week in, week out on a cold Wet night against Stoke. We would there be cheering with a pie and a pint. Um, so I took him to the match. I'll be honest with you. It was done in a way that I certainly was never taken to a match when I was a kid. Okay. It was full on, over the top, hospitality, arriving three hours early, oh. nice meal, everything else before. Nice. <laughs> We're in the comfy seats. It was a bit, it was a bit, I think once I've taken now hospitality, I'm not sure if they'll ever be able to kind of really go there on a cold Tuesday when it's throwing it down and enjoy mm. a match because as much as they enjoyed the experience and they really did they got looked after really well 
The football was diabolical. We lost in a 96-minute goal <sighs> against Fulham. Uh, Ivy, <laughs> Ivy loved it up until we lost, and then she was crying her eyes out. Jude and Pearl, my youngest kids, were crying their eyes out once United had equalised in the 86th minute or whatever. If they went on to score a winner, I think it would have crushed them. Why were they crying? At when Just the noise. Oh, the noise. Right, how okay, loud it was. Because um, up until that point, it was pretty quiet at Old Trafford. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, hopefully I made the right steps in uh, steps in the right direction. Whether they'll now continue to be United fans, I don't know. And to be honest, I've kind of given up a little bit of hope as well myself. Well, what happens if, if Jude comes home next week and says, look, Dad... I've been thinking about this long and hard. I'm a City fan, but also important the bigger bombshell. I'm a live golf fan. <laughs> what word do you go then? He <laughs> <laughs> ain't my son. Um, it was funny last night. I was putting into bed. I said, "Do you enjoy your weekend?" Because we we also went to a monster truck show. Wow, which was actually incredible. That sounds almost, that sounds like a lot more fun was, than going to Old Trafford. It was absolutely incredible. The monster truck show at, at uh, the uh, Manchester Arena. But did you have a good weekend? You know, this, that, and the other. I said, like, do you enjoy the football? Yeah, I enjoy the football. Who do you support now? And it's funny, the kids call it, they call it Manchester United. They don't really ever abbreviate it to United or Man U. At uh. the moment, it's Manchester United and that's it. <laughs> I, I support Manchester United. And I was like, yes, this is it. I've done it. And I silenced and I kind of just put my arm around him and gave him a little squeeze. And then he looked up and went, I also think I support a little bit of Manchester City. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, no! This is something we spoke about the other week, off podcast, and what baffles me, and it, it, it it's almost humorous, but, you know, realistically, people can change a lot of things in their life, can't they? So you could be married to somebody for 30 years, have four children, five grandchildren, and decide, you know what, I've had enough of this partner, I'm going to get divorced and find somebody new. You can do it, can't you? And it's, yeah. it's, it's done very often. You could work in the same employment for 20 years and decide, you know what, I'm sick of working at Nike. I'm going to go work for the arch rival Adidas. It's accepted. All these different things. You could swap your religion. I won't get into all these different things, but you could do so many different things. If you ever change your football team, when you're an adult, I should add. Wow. You can, well, you can't. No. Imagine if you one day said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting City myself now. That would just be the most random thing ever. And, and I feel like I've got a very small time frame to get him convinced. And my wife said something ridiculous. We, we, we talk about divorce. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. It was on the line. Yeah. She actually said, in front of my son, he can support who he wants. And I and I, I lost it, I must wow. admit. Um, he can't support who he wants. He has to support Manchester United as much as it's going to be five years minimum of misery. Who knows? We may also one day lift the league cup. Maybe. You can keep dreaming. <laughs> Speaking of misery, though, we had a big video out the weekend. <laughs> nice little wow. segue. I'm sure lots of people have seen it and lots haven't yet. It will do very well on views, thankfully. You teed it up against an absolute legend of a golfer. We spoke about this for a couple of weeks leading up to it. It was you versus Sergio Garcia, the 10-shot challenge. You start 10 under par, he starts even par. Who wins the 18 holes? Who wins? Well, if you've watched the video, you will know. If you've not, spoiler alert, you might want to skip a few minutes ahead. Um, it, you know what was really interesting? Okay, and I kind of want to... I've, I've been very conscious this weekend. I've not... Normally, when a video goes out, I am obsessed with that video that's gone out. Mm -hmm. I watch the views. I see the comments. I, re I almost read every single comment. I reply to as many as I can. I'm obsessed with social media comments. What what are people saying about the video? How many people are sharing it? What What is the vibe of this video? And often, luckily, in, in 11 years, or almost getting close to 12 years making YouTube content, I've, I've enjoyed that process enormously. Like that, that is where I get my most buzz. Once we've released a video and you see all the wonderful comments coming in and everything else. 
this weekend I made a conscious effort. I had a nice weekend planned, as I mentioned. <laughs> I made a conscious effort not to ruin that. I didn't want to be in a mood already going into watching Manchester United with my kids. So I didn't watch and I didn't I didn't study the video. I didn't watch, read a single comment. And I yet have done thus far, as in I've not actively gone out there to search for comments. What was interesting then, though, you said going to the match in a mood. So you must have known there was going to be an ounce of negativity in these comments there beforehand. There wasn't an ounce of negativity. There was a tidal wave. I would even go as far as saying a tsunami wow. of negative comments towards me and my golf game, which... It's it's hard to take. It really is. What what's really interesting with with this particular match of Sergio Garcia is I actually don't know what happened to me that day. It was a very 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 bizarre day. And let me give a, a little bit of context for the listeners. So again, this is why we first off ever made a podcast to have these kind of more behind the scenes chats and stories that you'll never hear on on main YouTube channel. That video, the one with Sergio Garcia, was filmed straight after the week I'd just spent with Bryson DeChambeau. Mm-hmm. So I was over in Bryson, with Bryson, over in Jupiter, filmed a load of videos. You saw the 10-shot challenge against Bryson where I tied it on the last hole. And all in all, didn't play brilliant, but all in all, that week I played pretty well. Solid enough. Not incredible, but solid enough. We then had a bit of a mad dash to Austin, Texas. And Matt and Ed, who were, who were behind the camera today, they were with me. And it was a bit of a mad hectic crazy crazy journey from finishing quite literally filming finishing filming with bryson one day we had to pack the car at the golf course we then had to travel two and a half my two and a half hours down to miami airport to catch a flight to austin texas and en route we had very limited petrol Mm -hmm. fuel we went to a gas station and didn't know what type of fuel we needed for the car so we went sod it let's just risk trying to get to the <laughs> airport you know when you have on the, on the dashboard how many miles you've got remaining yeah well the miles remaining married up to the miles left to the airport okay so let's say 21 and 21 for example like exactly yeah. the same so i'm a risk taker okay i'm a risk taker and we were very very last minute so i was like right let's just do it getting all the way down the motorway freeway and we come off getting off the junction at Austin, Texas to the airport. We're like, we've made it. We're literally on gas now. We're on, yep. we're on, on fumes powering this vehicle. As we come to come off the junction, the junction is closed because of a huge car fire. Okay. Like a huge car fire off, off to Miami airport. So I'm thinking, oh God. So we have to then go a complete detour, added 10, 15, 20 minutes onto our journey, if not even more. We then park the car, Managed to get there in the car. We were running through the airport like absolute madmen through Austin Airport, uh, Miami Airport, trying to catch this flight. To put into context, our flight's leaving in 15 minutes and we're now at the airport, okay? We're thinking there's no way we're getting on this flight. We run to the desk. Hi, can we check into the Austin flight? Tapping away. Oh, I'm sorry, it's, it's, it's already gone. I was like, oh, are you joking? And then suddenly they went, hold on a minute. It's actually delayed by 50 minutes. You can actually get, you can still get on. Wow. So we, we manically got all the, then they charged me a ridiculous amount of money for putting my golf clubs on the flight and all this other jazz. It was, it was crazy. We were going through security. Matt and Ed with all the camera gear. We're trying to get through security. It was super slow. We absolutely then legged it to the gates. And I mean, legged it as quick as we can. I, I went ahead of these guys. These guys ended up getting a, a golf buggy in the airport all the way to the actual gate we get on the plane we're sweating we're hot but we're on the plane and when we have a we have a late flight over to austin 
I think that right there, yeah, the car fire, yeah, is the reason why I played so bad because it, we then we end up getting to Austin. It was a, it was a quite a decent journey to the hotel. Um, amazing hotel, don't get me wrong. And then literally the next morning, we were straight at, at Spanish Oaks Golf Club setting up for the podcast. We did the podcast with Sergio Garcia, which I hopefully you all enjoyed. And then straight out on the golf course. And I've got to say, and actually I've had a few uh, friends message me to say that who have played that golf course, saying it's one of the hardest golf courses they have ever, ever, ever played. The greens were like this table. Yeah. The fastest greens I've ever played on, faster than Augusta National, faster than any other greens I've ever played on. You then throw in the mix you're playing against Sergio Garcia, a yeah. boyhood hero, somebody who I've literally grown up watching golf you know yeah. was it 96 Valderrama when he hit that ridiculous shot around not the tree sure and the had his eyes shut and all this against Tiger like or it might just be 99 I think that was like I've watched Sergio Garcia from from when I first started golf as someone as a hero as you mentioned on the podcast last week as he was on a guest you had uh, the boy tattooed mm-hmm. to the side of, your, side of your head like he is in our generation top five most recognised golfers of our so, generation. Sure. And I'm getting the opportunity now to play with him, to film with him. He was a really, really nice guy, but also he's a competitive match play player. He has got the, he's the most decorated Ryder Cup player ever. And he just had this air of like intimidation. Yeah. He didn't mean to do it. He wasn't doing it on purpose. I don't think just this, like just this air of imita- in- intimidation. And I just flapped it, to be honest with you. I, looking at the footage, weirdly enough, my swing looked awful. I fell into so many bad habits of opening the club face. I looked at the footage while I stood so far away from the golf ball, which was dead weird. I, I normally am good distance away from the ball. I'm like I'm miles away from the ball at set up. I'm fanning the club face open. I'm missing it right. I'm missing it left. It was just a horrendous, horrendous. I wanted the ground to swallow me up. You know what's interesting though, right? And this is going to get a bit deep now. And this is exactly what you said before. This is why we have the podcast for these conversations that people wouldn't normally hear. And I think when we unpack it a little bit, there's, there's a number of things. And I think also what we have to remember is this video was filmed in November, I think, wasn't it? So intentionally, we wanted to bank some amazing content ready for the winter months, which I think we did do. But also November was a good few months ago now. And you've focused on some of these things I'm going to touch on and try to address, and I think you have addressed them, but we have to think about, first things first, you obviously, anybody would want to play well when you're playing with Sergio Garcia, regardless, and then you think about the fact it's a match against him, and then you think about the fact it's getting filmed for millions of people to watch, so inevitably there's going to be some pressure, irrespective of all the fuss and the faff getting there, that's one thing to add. I think secondly, and this is something that, you know, you remember, and I think we do, but on occasion, if I ring a golf course to try and book in for us to do a filming video, thankfully, you know, most people have heard of you and know what we do, and it doesn't take too much explaining. On the off chance I have to explain what a break 75 is, I explain that you're a PJ professional who turned pro off three or four handicap, whatever, and that a break 75 is you trying to do just that. Break 75 gross, because that is a decent golf score for you, right? I think sometimes people overlook that and think that because you've got a a large following and thankfully a a huge following, that you are a tour pro, which you're not, and that's fine. But one comment, and I've not looked at comments, that really hit home to me, and I think you won't mind me reading this, and this is something I know you've taken account of, but it was was a a constructive comment from someone called Chris, and he said, the hard part of watching this video is when Ricky's so hard on himself. It's okay, man. Golf is hard. We all have bad days, but I think about how blessed you are, how blessed we are, sorry, to even play this game. 
Not to mention with Sergio on an awesome golf course and YouTube is your job. Enjoy it, mate. We root for you, but it's a shame when you get down on yourself. And you know what? It resonated with me so much because I don't think anybody is blaming you and I'm certainly not for getting hard on yourself because you want to make a good video, you want to play well, you want to be competitive. But it's that such a hard balance of you an entertainer making a, a film, if you like, but you're also a competitive guy who wants to play good at golf and golf is the most frustrating game in the world and it's such a tough balance, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's. I've definitely taken a lot of learnings from the, the back end of last season and hopefully, I think that might be the last one that we release. Yes, I think you're right. With with kind of maybe, a, a, oh no, we've got some Dubai ones where I was, I was a bit hard on myself. I've certainly aimed to move into... 2024 with a slightly different mindset and a lot of those videos that we filmed pre 2024 um that have not some of them haven't even still come out yet i I am definitely definitely too hard on myself i am and and i put a lot of pressure on myself and i think some of it is is because also behind the scenes you might say like i have been in my head working hard like i've been working really hard on my golf swing i've been working hard on my fitness I've been working hard on my health i've not been drinking i've like i feel like i've been putting a lot of effort into to my p- performance and my development yet sometimes that that doesn't always guarantee results and i mm. think i've been really hard on myself in the fact that it's like oh come on where's the results like i need to be able to see the results quickly and i'm i think i'm a bit impatient i wouldn't say the hat being hard on myself, I think, just comes from lack of imp- lack of patience. Yeah, like I'm expecting to see results straight away. I'm expecting to see changes and differences straight away. Another question then for you as well, and I might be kind of making this up, but think about reasons why you might feel under pressure when playing golf. Is well, firstly, we all put pressure on ourselves. Again, if we go back to the Sergio example, you're playing with a world famous golfer on a hard, tough golf course. You're getting it filmed. You know, anyone that's on the golf course is going to stop because it's you who've got a profile. It's Sergio Garcia, etc. But one thing I think about a lot is. If I compare it to myself, which is obviously a very different scale, my last official handicap was four. Now, I can play to that occasionally. I know the people watching thinking, no, you can't. I can also shoot millions more than it, but that's okay. Because you've done your PJ professional qualification, which obviously for you was very much to get into the coaching world and things like that, but does that sitting on you sometimes add a level of pressure that people see the word pro and, and that like they expect, or you maybe even expect, that you are going to shoot closer to par a lot more of the time? Definitely. Without question, there's there's, a, there's a, an air of that on me, and it was funny actually. Somebody uh, on Twitter, um, I saw this back end of last week. This was before the Sergio video went out, so it might have changed now. And it actually tracked my uh, golf I saw round. This. Um, this is from forty three medal rounds that I've done, and at one point it had me playing off plus three handicap. And after 43 rounds, it actually had me playing off plus 0.4. So effectively a scratch golfer. Now, a lot of people might go, bloody hell, Rick, don't be daft. But if you actually look at the rounds of golf, yes, I throw in bad ones. I do. But as a handicap, and certainly the new handicap is based, it's so much more geared towards good scores anyway. Mm. And there's been loads of times where I've shot under 75 on tough golf courses or close to 75 on really, really tough golf courses. When you actually take that all into account, I'm surprised, but I'm I'm guessing they've done it the right way. Um, This is for all rounds on UK courses in season one, two, and three. You know what's mad as well with with you in particular, and it's probably is the same for everybody. If you went tomorrow and played at the Belfry or 
birthdale or wherever it might be, a golf course that we would kind of typically film at. And I said to you, how did you play? I wasn't there, obviously. Said, how do you play? And said, oh, not very well. She's 81, right? Wouldn't massively surprise me. Be like, oh, you've not played well. Not the best score. You can do better. However, if you were a member of a normal course, and by normal course, I'll use a Marriott Worthy Park as an example, and it's still you, and you're playing the Saturday medal, I would never really expect to shoot more than a 77. No. Because of that, it's, it's your golf course you're familiar with. It's typically an easier golf course. So I think a lot of people who are members of golf clubs might look at your scores and maybe look down at them. But it's so hard travelling with a golf game. I think, yeah. you know, you would be probably a scratch golf at a normal Parkland course. But as I've seen from my experience growing up, when I had members of my golf club who were scratch, who were good players, whenever they went to go to another open at another golf course, we shoot 85, because it's yeah. just different, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's, it is very, very different, difficult sometimes when you're playing a brand new golf course, and often on videos I am playing, like, mm. I'd never played Spanish Oaks, no. probably never play it again. I'm playing with Sergio Garcia, who plays it literally all the time. I mean, Sergio only shot level par, and that's his home golf course. For him, it's quite a, a plus six, I think, let's be it's honest. It's quite a bad score for him, really. Yeah. Um, just to deflect it for a minute. Yeah, but, it's rubbish, Sergio. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's, it is frustrating. I am too hard on myself. It, it, I understand when people say it's a difficult watch, and it's something I've definitely, as, as I've blended into, into moving into 2024, I've, I've rechanged my mindset on, on outcome, and, and certainly videos that I filmed in um, the most recent Orlando trips, a late Nona. This is the thing at the moment. There's videos that have been kind of, some of them have been filmed December 2023. Some of them have been filmed in January 24. Some of the new ones as well start to be filmed in February. We're actually still releasing videos from December. So you, so you actually, and again, I said, mentioned this on the podcast recently, videos aren't going out in chronological order. So you might see differences and going, oh, Rick was dead positive last week. Why is he not positive this week? It's because my mindset has probably changed more to a positive mindset, but I'm still releasing older videos on top of that. I think the reason why you had four people Sorry, people think it's a hard watch. Isn't it's not a hard watch, but I think it's because it is relatable, and that's part of the success of it. But at the same time, people are rooting for you, aren't they? So it's almost like people, when they see you playing, typically if they're fans of the channel, want you to do well. And when you don't do well, it's like if you were playing with me in a, in a midweek medal or whatever at a golf course. And, you know, you weren't playing great or whatever, and I was doing really well, and then a double bogey the last three holes. You'd feel for me, wouldn't you? And it's like, oh, it's like hard to watch. I think yeah. it's more that than like, oh, it's a hard watch. But I remember, I remember playing in the open qualifying. It was actually a year after. It was a year I, I got my hole in one on seventeenth, and I was I was out of it. I wasn't going to qualify, but I was playing with a guy, John Carroll. Yep. And you say you know him, Scott. and he was on for a really good round, and uh, I, I, from memory, I had to par the last to get through to final qualifying, and. I'd made a hole in 117. It was all a bit dramatic, all exciting. Like, you know, we're all going crazy. And I almost felt quite guilty because he had to then step on the ATT and still make par. And he actually, unfortunately, carved one out to the right into the water and he ended up not making par. And I felt terrible for him. Mm. I also felt guilty because I'd almost, I felt like I'd influenced his behavior, his result for that shock. He played so steady all day. But you're right. Sometimes when you watch someone, you know, unfortunately hit a bad shot and it, and it affects that performance. It's like, oh no, please, I wish you could take that shot again. Yeah, and I think everyone can take something from this, that whether you're playing like you are with a tour pro or you're playing at your, your local midweek medal on preferred lies, everybody needs to play for the enjoyment of golf because if you only play and enjoy it when you play well... 
then statistically you're going to probably enjoy one in 20 rounds if we're being t- perfectly honest. I think we all have to remember that, that we are, you know, it sounds a bit deep and corny, but we are lucky to be able to play golf. It's a great sport. It's a great game. There's so many benefits other than just how well you play in terms of exercise and getting fresher and spending time with friends or whatever. But it is hard in that moment. But actually, I've done this once or twice, not many times. The times where you do have a terrible hole and really just chill out about it, you then do play better. Or yeah. well, most people do anyway. Maybe someone like a Tyrrell Hatton's the odd exception where they can be angry and still play well. But for most of us, the more you can let it go and move on, you will play better golf. What, what was funny about that as well, though, after, so straight after the round, Sergio had to shoot off because he had his foundation evening, um, which was amazing, by the way. Sergio hosted me unbelievable all weekend. He was, he was such a great host. But he had to shoot straight away because he had uh, duties. So I literally had load spare time. I went on the driving range for probably close to two hours to try and hit, I hit as many golf balls as I could to try and find a swing. And even then I, c- I couldn't even find it then. Like I was, tr- I was really just, I, everything just felt weird and different that day. Um, it was, the, it was the end of a busy, like I say, I can come up with a million excuses, but it's not good enough. And hopefully we have got new break, uh, new 10 shot challenges in the diary. Yes. With some more major winners which yes. we're not going to give away just yet uh, at all, in fact. Um, so the mission is now to get the game in A1 position. And also not only my mental, my physical game, but my actual mental game. You're right. I think one of our strongest performing pieces of content and the ones that I enjoy the most, as do you, as do the audience, is you versus a tour pro starting 10 under par. It's incredible. However, nothing, and then I say this word, not lightly nothing comes as close than Rick versus Guy, the match. We've had many, many, we've we've (laughs) had many, many discussions and debates about who is the better golfer. Is it young Rick Shields or is it Guy Charnock? Who wins over 18 holes match play? Does he even make it to 18 holes in match play? So we had a match in Dubai. That video is out on Friday. The champion is once and for all crowned. It was. It's an it was amazing in, video. It was officially in Abu Dhabi. So we did Sorry, it Sa- I Sadiak, said Dubai, my bad. Sadiat Beach. Um, it is one of the most interesting matches I think you'll ever, ever, ever see on YouTube. Um, there was ridiculous highs, outrageous lows. Correct. Um, cap- opportunities that were capitalised on, opportunities that were massively missed. Yes. Um, I can't wait for you to see it. Friday, 4pm. Is the big match. I Yes, I think people will have no idea who's won off this conversation. And I don't think starting off, well, yeah, I don't know, but it is a... It certainly starts as a bit of a landslide. Yes. And then, and it, then it, well, you give it, too much away. It's a very, very good video, keep if watching, I say so myself. Keep watching after, the, after five holes. Yeah, you're going to want to a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Watch till the till the, the very 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 end. However, speaking of watching and of YouTube and things that are happening in the future, 
you obviously know about this, Rick, but some of our audience will know, some won't. But something interesting is happening. So, the world of YouTube and YouTube golf has um, ga- gained some attention because there's a PJ Tour event in May, which is the Myrtle Beach Classic, okay? They have done something very interesting where, in a couple of weeks, um, there's going to be an event, okay, where... There's 12 YouTubers so far named. I believe there's a few more getting announced as well. On the April 23rd, it is, I should say. Whoever wins out of this golf YouTuber over 18 holes is getting a spot in this PJ Tour event at Myrtle Beach. Your friend Peter Finch is one of those. Yes. There's a couple of guys from Good Good. There's Fat Perez from Bob the Sports. Um, there's George Bryant from the Bryan Brothers, who's also played on the PJ Tour before and made a cut. So he's got a great chance. What's interesting is... Open qualifying is often sold as this dream, which I actually get behind, where three rounds of golf can get you in the Open Championship. If you then play great for four rounds of golf, or even two rounds of golf, your life could be changed. So, you know, with no disrespect, a Joe Bloggs pro at a golf course who's 21, who's assistant pro, is three rounds away from being at the Open. It's, it's magical, and that's why so many people get behind it. This is even different. This is even a next step up. Peter Finch, Grant Horvat, Michael Morris, etc. George Bryant are one round away from a PJ Tour start, right? It's incredible. There's been a lot of interest around this. There's been a lot of positivity and a lot of negativity. And I want to hear your take on it, Rick. But the positivity has come from the fact that the PJ Tour are looking at YouTube. And jokes aside, I think the reason that these guys have been called out is that they are the most competitive of players, aren't they? If we're being, you know, if we're being frank, there's other people with huge profiles like yourself who have got you know maybe more followers and stuff, but maybe aren't as competitive. Is that fair to say? Does that hurt or is that fair? I'm I'm just checking my emails to see where my invite was for this. Obviously, uh, I didn't I didn't quite make the call. You'll be in the break seventy five version, which is better. Um, <laughs> right, however, version. yeah. However, so there's been a lot of positivity around that that the PJ Tour are on it, that they are forward thinking, that they're in, you know they're leveraging the fan base of all these YouTube um, golfers, which again we are kind of part of, and that's great to see. Some of the negativity from some of the more kind of authentic golf fans or people in the golf media has been it's somewhat kind of gimmicky. Now, for me, in my take, before I hear yours, because I'm super keen to hear your take, is that it's great for YouTube golf. It, you know, it's incredible that people are getting this recognition and that there's a spot and it's interesting. The, the downside for me, if you like, it's nothing to do with the gimmicky nature. The only downside for me is that the PJ Tour is in a spot, albeit for one event a year, where it kind of needs to do this for eyeballs. If you think about something like the Premier League football, what they've very cleverly done is they, they, you know, they utilise influencers and creators for things like commentary and these sub kind of bits or Premier League online content. The Premier League would never, ever, ever dream or need to have a YouTuber playing for Arsenal in the Premier League to get eyeballs on it, would they? Of course no. they wouldn't. So the very fact that the PJ Tour thinks they need to incorporate a YouTuber to play in its event to bring over some more eyeballs surely has to be somewhat of a sorry state for golf Although I do not blame the YouTubers for getting involved, why would they not? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's very interesting because you can, you can, you could see an argument from both sides. So, for the, the YouTubers, the sixteen of them, um, I think it's a wonderful opportunity. Yes. And, and like you say, if you are brave enough, and I think that's the word. This is not a light fit. If you are brave enough to put yourself out there and to compete in eighteen hole tournament to try and become a PGA Tour star, I mean that that's 
I mean, it sends kind of goosebumps through me. I think that's probably an indication that I'm not the person to go for this. But I think it's very, very, very brave for those guys to be going for it because they're really putting their, 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 I won't say careers on the line because that's, that's quite bold, but they're certainly putting themselves out there to potentially, obviously, either play really, really well. And if some of them have a bit of a nightmare, they're going to probably get criticised as well, which is yeah. unfair, but it's one of those things. Um, with the other side... And I've saw a lot more, like, say, of the traditionalist, not only golf media, but also people within golf who are absolutely hating this idea because they think that spot should be going to, to an actual authentic PGA Tour player, yep. someone who is a member of the PGA Tour, who deserves a spot in that event, not some kind of, again, it's not my thought, but what I've seen online, the kind of this Mickey Mouse shootout with 16 YouTubers to mm-hmm. get a spot, that an actual tour player who's full-time career it is to play on a PGA Tour. However, if you gave it to Joe Ploggs, the PGA Tour player, there is no more eyeballs on that event. Correct. Like, this is going to bring eyeballs. So, I, I can see it from both sides. I'm definitely slightly more in the camp of, I think I'm more pro it than I am against it. In fact, I am more pro it. Um, I just hope they do a really good job. I hope it's um, filmed well and really captivates the excitement and also the respect of the PGA Tour. I want PGA Tour players looking and go, actually, that was pretty cool. It's got more eyeballs on this event because as we're seeing, sponsors are dropping out of PGA Tour events Correct. like quickly as well. And I think if, if PGA Tour want to continue to grow and attract new audiences and new sponsors, they do have to think outside the box. It does feel a little bit like they're throwing a, a life ring out at the Titanic. I don't think it's going to do a great deal of difference, but I think it's they've got to try something. I think as well, this is, you know, we had George Bryan on the podcast. He was a lovely guy and him and his brother Wesley are doing some great stuff on YouTube and they're killing it. He'd be a weird one for me if he got through, and the chances are he probably will get through. He's an incredible golf fan. I said he's already been on the PJ Tour and made the cut. It'd be a strange one if he got through because, as much as I'd, I'd want him to go through as anybody, as much as I want anybody else to go through and be on that PJ Tour event, it's kind of like, well, to me, kind of, you know, what is a kind of borderline PJ Tour player. So, not that I don't want him to have the opportunity, but it's, it's almost less of a story in my eyes that, well, yeah, he's played on there before. If somebody like Pete got through or Grant Horvat got through or whoever, Mike and Maurice, the list goes on, it feels like that is truly a YouTuber getting through. And that's, I'm trying to say this in a compliment to George that he's such a talented golfer. Are you with me though? It yeah. kind of feels like it somewhat waters the story down a little bit. Um, but who knows? And do you get my point about it's bad that the PJ Tour need this to a degree? Yeah, like it's, it's, yeah, but it's interesting. It's good to see that people are finally understanding that the power of YouTube, the pull of YouTube, the eyeballs on YouTube. And let's be honest, more people are watching YouTube than a lot of the golf on the oh, TV. Aren't without they? a question. Without even a question. Speaking of YouTube though, and videos, we have got a, a video coming out. Is it today or t- Sorry, that was loud. That was a good, a good... Do a whistle. Can you whistle as well as that? I can whistle really loud, but I'm not going to do it. What if you sit further back? Yeah, but if I finger whistle... Yeah, but further back, because otherwise you'll blow my ears out. I'll do it, I'll, I'm going to do it backwards and then finger whistle. Go on then. <laughs> Flipping heck. That might have to be checked for audio, because that might blow people's ears. That was good. But that was not even near the... I leave the new When do you use that whistle? Uh, I use it at the Monster Truck Show. Just to cheer them on. So no, we had a monster, we had a dance off at the monster truck show. All right, okay. It was kids versus parents. So the kids had to. Can you do your dance for us now? Yeah, so come on, let's kid, do it. Yeah. Well, the kids had to dance to uh, Baby Shark. Baby Shark. And then so the kids sat down, and then all the adults got up. I was like, probably 
maybe if not first, second adult stood up on my feet. Of course. Okay. And we had to dance to YMCA. Oh, nice. So you used to know oh, that. So that's the standard dance. The then. standard dance. And then um, it was a, a noise off for which team ah, won. I bet the kids so brought, won. Didn't they? Uh, yeah, the kids won. They were, they really, actually, they were actually really, really loud, to be honest. Yeah, more kids participated. Okay. I, I, I would actually, yeah, I think the kids did win, but I, I pulled out the old uh, the old whistle. What I'm really happy about there is I've, I've utilised you doing that then to fill the time I needed to find out when the video's going live. So all right. that time I was using my laptop and I found out when the video was going live. Is it? What, what video is it? It's the Adam Scott one. Ooh. So on Wednesday, we have got we a really... three videos out this week? No, two. Oh. Uh, we've got a really exciting video on Wednesday, so... And why, not, you, why not three? Because there's two. You want about the Sergio one? Yeah. Then we push that back to next okay. week. Um, so, some of you may be aware that Adam Scott was using some incredibly cool Muir irons that were, were, were are um, some of the rarest golf clubs in the world. Basically, money can't really buy because they're well, so exclusive. Money can't buy them now because yeah. they're out they're out of stock. But your man, Ricky Shields, managed to get himself on a little uh, set. Of he did, didn't he? Well, Mr... Uh, can I call him Scotty? Yeah, of course you can. Scotty, um, personally... Wanted me to have a set. So I'll just he... stop you there one sec. I think you've gone full circle. <laughs> you used to call him Adam, Adam Scott. Then he went to Scotty, but now you're so close to him. It's like a family member. You're back to Adam again. Okay. So, so just call Adam, him Adam. Yeah. Adam, ads. <laughs> um, Adam reached out and said, I've got a set. Do you want them? I said, yeah. Yep. He said, great. So he sent them me. And this Wednesday, I not only open this incredible, incredible box, we have some surprises in the box, which genuinely blew me away. And then the clubs inside were just, I don't even say too much. They're possibly the best looking golf club I've ever seen in my life. Yep. We not only looked at them, I also hit them in the hit studio. Uh, full review. And also a deeper topic around potentially the actual collaboration with Muir and Adam Scott and the clubs that Adam Scott's currently using. We cover it all in this Wednesday's video where I test the Adam Scott and Muir, Adam and Mura Irons. It's um, exciting. It's a good one. And they it's are, really they good. Are, I think, you know what, like, we speak about golf clubs being affordable and things like that, and obviously there's different types of golf clubs, but nothing excites me more than these kind of actual unboxing were... These golf clubs that people buy, let's be honest, might never even use them, but you're buying them for the whole experience. And yeah, the, the, these, uh, this, they these aren't me. a set to these aren't a set that that open up the game or make golf more accessible. No, they're quite the opposite. But, but that's be, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, the little topic I want to touch on. I'm guessing the fact how viral it's gone. A lot of people watching and listening to the podcast will have seen it. But a PJ golf professional called Georgia Ball. Um, who kind of is online content as well. She's a go- she's obviously a PJ Golf professional. She posts a lot on Instagram, like tip videos, instructional videos, uh, some fun videos. She's relatively local to where we are now, and she actually practices at my driving range because the video that's gone viral was filmed at my driving range, so obviously I recognise it. And she was practicing and grinding, filming herself, which again, I must add, she does for a lot of her content. And a random bloke who you don't see in frame, but questioned her on her swing mechanics methods told us she was doing it wrong told us she was doing it wrong that he's been playing golf 20 years and then she kind of very politely kind of nodded along to a degree and then flushed one down the middle in which case he took credit for because he said you've done what i told you to do it's absolutely gone insane she's gained like hundreds of thousands of followers on instagram and tiktok etc and you know kind of great for her and it'll grow her profile and she will continue to do what she's doing in coaching and hopefully gets busier if she's still actually physically one-to-one coach you know whatever it looks like or growing her instagram following and you know that's that's brilliant and, and kind of well done to her but 
it almost opens up to a wider topic as well, doesn't it, about people at the driving range or any walk of life, but who give tips when, firstly, they don't know what they're talking about, and secondly, it's unsolicited. No one's asked their advice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an unbelievable clip. I, I personally think she did really, really good to manage the situation. Uh, it's had, on just on Instagram alone, it's had 13 million views. Is that just her Instagram? Yeah. Lad Bible put it on as well. And that's what we had similar. It's honestly, it's had hundreds of millions on um, Twitter, or X as it's now called. It's been picked up by all the news outlets. It's absolutely. She was on This Morning, which is a TV show here in the UK, uh, on, um, oh, does it not show the video views on? That's not, it doesn't show the video views on Dad, uh, Bad, uh, Lad Bible. Um, it, it's it's amazing. And, and I feel she dealt with it very, very politely. Uh, she got a little bit of criticism for not kind of standing up for herself a little bit more and kind of almost saying, excuse me, do you know, I'm a golf professional. I know what I'm doing. But I think that's very difficult in that situation. Like I think she was being very, very polite. And I think she kind of brushed it off um, in, in, a, in a way. Yep, yeah, I'm sure in other situations and other um maybe females who have been manscaped and not manscaped that's that's, that's, that's totally different mansplained to before probably would maybe stand up and say i know what i'm talking about don't you know you don't need to give me advice i wouldn't even put in this case you know it is getting that term of mansplaining but even in any situation i mean i don't you didn't see the guy he could have been a massive big burly bloke who's quite intimidating and in the fact the very nature that he had the audacity to say that to us shows he's a bit of a for a better word i have to bleep that man sorry um but well, you know why? Yeah, yeah. what an idiot. So I, th- I think I think the way she dealt with it, and the, and fair dues to her, the way she's capitalised on it. Yeah, good on her. Yeah. She's really taken a lot of opportunities. I think her Instagram's blown up. Like I say, it's it's nearly up to three hundred thousand followers now. In fact, I keep meaning to follow her. I'm going to follow her right now. You know what? I'm just hope that nobody ever outs me for being that guy in the video because it wasn't my driving range. <laughs> oh yeah, and I do give out advice. And you have been playing golf for about twenty years. <laughs> exactly. Imagine if it was you. No, I'm actually, so I was six, seven now. Well, I'm, let's I'm listen, 20, to, let's 20. listen to the voice. Excuse me. Excuse me. What you're doing there, you shouldn't be doing that. What you're doing there, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> so there we go. The, um, the, the, the masked advisor has been thank you very much revealed i say ah what trick shields me um <laughs> no but you know as well what it brings me on to and it, it, i've thought this many a time there's not many things in in the world i know much about and being honest with you i don't know much about cars <laughs> i don't know much about anything Aww. yeah i can't even put a shelf up one thing i've got de- i've not gotten much knowledge on the golf swing a little bit maybe more than the average person but not loads i do know quite a lot about golf clubs and equipment i, I will I'll own up to that right Sometimes I'm at the driving range and you hear a couple of blokes chatting and there's one who, the golfer of the group, a.k.a. this guy on the camera, on the video, should I say. And when they talk to their friends about golf clubs who know nothing, right? Because I have a decent knowledge, I can tell nine times out of ten what they're talking is absolute waffle, right? Just nonsense, just rubbish, just absolute garbage. But they come across so convincingly and knowledgeable that their friends naturally take it as gospel because they don't know anything about golf. What worries me is that same guy could tell me something about my car, why my dishwasher's not working, anything in life. And because I know nothing, I would go, okay, you must be right. How many people are walking around this planet talking absolute garbage? 
when you're one <laughs> for a start. <laughs> I was just going to say that. The um, I always remember it. I remember a story, and I think I've actually t- told this on the podcast before about a young lad I was coaching, and certainly when I was coaching at Trafford Golf Centre, you'd get a lot of young um, boys and girls come for a lesson, and they come with the parents, and you could sometimes the parents really weren't interested in golf at all, and little Jimmy or little whatever sarah would be dead into it and want want to go and drag mum mum and dad to the driving range on the other situation and this was probably the more popular side of things you'd actually see it was dad or mum that was so so into it they were dragging little jimmy or sarah down to the driving range making them have a golf lesson i remember one time I, i really caught wind of this very quickly a young lad came in his dad and his dad was being like even I'd ask, oh, so what's your name? And dad was answering. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm asking the kid, what, what, how old are you? And the dad was answering. And I was like, I think just for this session, I think what would be best, dad, if you go and practice and go and hit some balls, let me, let me coach little Jimmy. Cause I think I'm probably going to get more out of, you mm-hmm. know, get more performance out of him. So I need to know a little bit about him. And once dad left, little Jimmy opened up a little bit more and was chatting and was, was having a great time and had a great lesson because of it and improved enormously because of it. Because there was no other barrier. I remember sometimes where I'd be coaching and if parent was present, I'd say, right, we're going to make sure your feet are like this. And then suddenly dad's chirping in saying, oh, but uh, you stood a bit too far away, you stood too close. I'm like, chill out. If you've paid me to coach him, let me coach yeah. him. And I remember this little this little boy had a brilliant golf lesson. He really enjoyed it. He was he was grinning from ear to ear. And we walked out, and I said, "Oh, let me show you what we've worked on, Dad. Like I think we've really made some big steps today." And we stood there and we went through everything. And I told him all the things that we'd worked on. He was like brilliant. And I went and grabbed some lunch. And as I came back towards the teaching bays, I, I walked past the bay with little little lad and little dad in in the bay. Little dad, lad and dad in the bay. <laughs> And lad was hitting shots. I could just tell he was so deflated. And dad was saying, what did Rick tell you? Rick said, you should always keep your head down on every single shot. And I'm walking past going, that's not what I said. Not one bit. So I came back around and turned around and said, I'm really sorry. It's not what I said. Like I said, don't worry about his, his head. It's more important about X, Y, and Z. And he just didn't like that at all. And it was annoyingly, I never got to see the kid again because I really wanted to coach him because I thought, I thought he showed a lot of potential. But that as well, like parents yeah. kind of being almost too forceful with the kids and yeah. and, and putting on these I- ideas that aren't really true. Um, you've got to seek professional advice. Yeah. And, and like in this situation, this video, she's a golf professional. What is he doing chirping up and trying to say stuff it to It reminds her? me of a, bit of a different story, but it's similar-ish. I was at this, um, well, watching, we were at the park on time, there was kids football. This little kid, he was loving it. He was running around. He scored a few goals, he was assisting. He had like a little... Um, I think it was an Aguero or something, little Man City shirt on. And he was loving it, killing it. And then his dad came and kicked off, going, you don't support Man City, Jude. You support Man United. And whipped <laughs> off his shirt and put this red Man United top on him. Something like that. Something like that. Similar kind of story. He'd have a Harlan shirt on, though. Oh, yeah, of course he would. I tried to think of a name that you wouldn't know I was going down that route. You know what we did we, when we went to the United match again? Um, we were having some food. It was really nice and some nice, um, you know, waiting on staff. Oh, First game, first game, yeah. And she came up to him and said, "Oh, who's your favourite player?" Oh. And bless you, he doesn't have he doesn't know players yeah. yet at all. But I know he knows Harland. And I'm looking at him, thinking, "Oh my God, please don't say Harland, please don't say Harland." And I, and I said, "Do you know any players, Jude?" And he said, "No, I don't. I don't know any Manchester United players." I went, "No, he's learning. He's learning <sighs> Manchester United players at the moment." I'm thinking, if he really says Harland, this would be hilarious. Fail, epic pair that of fail. Been hilarious. Hey, okay. To wrap this up, a few questions from our fantastic Facebook group, My Friends, Your Friends, Lifelong Friends. Um, if you're not joined yet, feel free, it's free. Feel free, it's free. That's a good, uh, <laughs> a good little motto. 
I must admit as well, when we talked earlier on about the uh, YouTuber kind of joining the PJ tournament, that was a question from Alistair Pickersgill. I didn't say his name. And I saw his name and partly felt a bit mean for not saying his name and also wanted to say the word Pickersgill because it sounds quite a nice thing to say. So Alistair Pickersgill, there you go. Say it. your question. Alistair Pickersgill. Yep. He, was, he asked about people playing in the... Myrtle Beach. Yep. Nice. Pickers. Um... Little, <laughs> I remember. Do you remember watching Birds of the Feather when you was a kid? Uh, yeah, kind of. The two women who like friends. Birds of a feather. You do. It was. You'll know them. And one of them was on a diet one time. All right. The other one said, "Little pickers need bigger knickers." So I stuck with me that. Little so, pickers need bigger knickers. Little snacks all the time. Ah, up. So, birds of a feather. You do know Birds of a Feather. I, mean, I feel like I remember the theme tune. It's like Birds of a Feather fly off together or something stupid. Uh, I'm not quite sure. This is taking a real turn. <laughs> this isn't. Oh, it's one of them. Oh, Patsy. Is one of them called Patsy? I don't think so, but that's them anyway. <laughs> I know what you mean. Right, anyway, enough about birds of a feather. Um, what was I going to ask you? <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Kieran Bissett. Has your wor- game got worse since drinking? That was a laughing joke. Face emoji thing. It's not gotten worse since drinking, has it? Since not drinking? Yeah. Has it? I think it has. Do you think? I think I'd use that drink again. <laughs> yeah. At the turn, a couple of Guinnesses. Yeah. No, it's it's not. I think, like you said, there's a lot... I, I think you've got, so this summer, some um, some low scores in you. I have. I think you have. It's getting there. Um, and then I'm learning. Erin, I think it's Erin Cyber said, what driver were you using in that 10-shot challenge versus Sergio? There's a few questions on this. There's a new one. One that will never be seen again. Nice. I was trialling a few drivers when I was out in uh, America. <clears throat> a lot of the new drivers that were being released, and I was kind of testing them, but I couldn't use them in that video. I wasn't confident enough. But there was one that kind of, I took as a bit of a, a rogue driver, just a bit, a, know, a bit of a difference. <laughs> a bit of a difference driver, and uh, I decided to take the Adams driver with me, and uh, I don't think I got on with it. That was one of the worst shouts you ever had. That thanks. It was, wasn't it? You know, it could have. It, yeah. But one little thing you have done recently, you've sorted out your club storage, so you've got a really nice place now to keep golf clubs. Yeah. And to use them and find them and do more reviews. I'll on be them. swapping a lot more clubs. To tell you that. You will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, how long are we on, Matt? Uh, about okay, I'm going to wrap it up. One last. Uh, well, this was a bit annoying, but I'm going to read it out. So we had loads of questions, loads of nice feedback up at the video, which is love to see. I don't like reading too many of those out and blowing our own trumpet too much, but. The Sergio video did get a lot of love for it, so Good. although you didn't play your best, it's done really well. So thanks everyone for watching. If you've not watched it yet, please do check it out. As, as Rick said earlier on, we've got so many more 10-shot challenges on the horizon. And we know people enjoy them. Sorry. What? what sorry, sorry. sorry. I, was, uh, I was looking at what the <laughs> birds of the feather oh, okay. names um, were. You know, and obviously we, we do a lot of work at looking at what videos do well and what don't do well. And there's many ways to measure that, obviously, whether it be likes on the video, whether it be what views, whether it be the actual watch time, so many comments, etc., etc. And it's something we don't do lightly. However, Rick, I think we've been doing it all wrong. Why? Because Cliff Anders has commented. And Cliff, you know, you put your name on the comments. We asked for comments for the podcast. So you put, a, you know, you've, you've will, willing to be put forward. So Cliff said, the 10 shot challenges are not working, Rick. Stick to break 75 and weekly topics. Where has it gone? Enough of the tiger love. Let sleeping dogs lie. You make of that what you will. So I, I can't do 10 shot challenges nope. and I can't like Tiger Woods anymore. No, absolutely not. So he's going to hate the 10 shot challenge against Tiger Woods that we have planned for next month. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, 
Not true, but maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um, but yeah, uh, Cliff, thanks for your opinion. Thanks, You're wrong. Um, I think what's annoying that everyone's entitled to opinion they are. However, your opinion is actually wrong when those videos are doing well. So this time of year is notoriously a little bit slower for YouTube golf because people obviously aren't playing as much golf and there's not much interest and kind of come to June, July, August, it goes crazy. But for us now, our 10 challenge videos are performing really nicely, certainly for the time of year. That's not fa- That's not up for debate. That's fact. So I don't know why he says to stop doing them, Rick. Stop doing them. Um, but he's, like he's spoken. So <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. Then you, you could easily watch another, read another comment saying, stop, why are you doing break 75? C- correct. Should but only be doing t- 10 shot challenges. To end that rather negative on, and this time we are going to kind of blow our own trumpet. Last, last thing. And we, it's not us actually. We want to thank all of you lot listening and watching. We've just hit a quarter of a million subscribers on the podcast. So if you watch the whoop, podcast whoop. on YouTube, which many of you do, there's 250,000 of you who've hit that subscribe button. So we appreciate it massively. If you watch, great. If you listen in the car, that's also great. But thanks, everybody. Didn't you have a head cover giveaway? We've got a head cover giveaway and we would have drive giveaways. We'll have that picked in the next couple of days and announce it. So Nice, nice. Guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, bear with me. I'll be back. I'll be back fitter, stronger, longer than ever before. Um, we'll shall see you in episode... Before you go, two, two, tell three. me ten things. That be, so you're fitter, oh stronger. God. Come on, get eight more. Do it. What's the, what? Fitter, fitter stronger, stronger, longer. You got longer, wiser. I'll give you that one. <laughs> After I'm reading, no, I'm never going to be funnier. Cleverer. No, I can't be cleverer. Wittier. I can't be wittier. Soberer. Well, yeah. Yep. Sober. I'll get Le- that on less, six. Less yippier. Yip or seven. Less yippier and less. Um, need three more. Come on. Uh, I'm going to be less. I'm going to less, I'm going to pro, prone, what's the right word? <laughs> Go on, keep going. Um, prognosticate, no, print, when you don't delay on things. Uh, you, you know what? Procrastinate. Procrastinate. Okay, so we've got I'm two procrastinate more. Less. There's only two more now. Uh, I'm going to convince Judy's a Manchester United fan. Correct. Um, and lastly, but not least, I am going to endeavour to win a 10-shot challenge. Brilliant, there you go. Looking forward to that new Fresh Rick Shields next week. I shall see you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Peace.